Thank you for listening to BLC's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Fantastic. But we, we are looking forward to a great decade, a wonderful decade that lies ahead. And um, I wonder if you could turn to Isaiah chapter 61. This is a, a passage of scripture that is very significant for us here at Breakthrough Life. It's something that the Lord has spoken to us that we, we need to be focusing on, we need to be living in. And we see that Jesus used this, uh, these words, this passage, um, as he was starting out his, his public ministry on, on earth, the scroll was given to him, and, uh, and he opened it up, and it was at this particular passage. And so he, uh, he read that. It was in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. I don't know what that does for you, but for me, hoo-ha! Man, there's something is imparted by the Spirit of God through the living Word for what we call to be and do. We are not just called to exist Come on. We're not just hanging on here with our baked beans and our bottled water and our candles and our generator hiding in a cave waiting for God to get us out of here. We're not just holding on for dear life. No, we're here on purpose for a purpose. His purposes. It's the advance of his kingdom. You should have been here for the Christmas service, which was last Sunday. For unto us a child 
is born. It speaks about the government being on his shoulders and of the increase of his rule and his reign and his kingdom, there will be no end. It's increasing as it increases. It's called acceleration. God is winning. Don't believe negative media, God is winning. He promised he would and he's doing it. It says the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I'm not making this up, it's in the book. We read it last week. God's own zeal will accomplish this. Do not be afraid. God's rule and government is coming in increasing measure. Just read an article uh, a couple of days ago by a theologian, N.T. Wright, and he was wanting to bring a correction to the evangelical world about the, the overemphasis on going to heaven when we die. And he said the early church never had that concept. They knew because they understood the messianic promises that they were to make a difference on the planet when he came. It wasn't, you know, beam me up, Scotty, get me out of here. Unfortunately, the church has been contaminated with recent theology in terms of church history, just since the late 1800s, with an escapist mentality. The church for 1800 years never had that. Unfortunately, some kind of an infection got in where we disengage from the world and we just hang in on until Jesus comes. We're just trying to survive. Folks, we're not here to survive. We are here to thrive. Come on. He's not left us as orphans. He's not said, listen, guys, stick around, hang on, do your best. We'll send, <clears throat> you know, the crack troops and we'll do a quick raid and extract you out of there because the war's too terrible. We won't win the war. So we have to retreat and get out of this place. And we're going to leave it to the devil because he's winning. Folks, that's a very low view of an almighty God. No, he said, you are now the light of the world. Shine. You are salt. Make a difference. Stop the perversion and stop the corruption because you are the salt of the earth. And he gives us amazing understanding through Isaiah 61, and we see it again in Luke chapter 4, of what God's purpose and intention was to happen on the planet. And just in case you think, well, hang on, that's just for Jesus. You know, he does that. We don't have to do this. Just remember that he... He breathed on his disciples in John chapter 20 
And he said, as the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. How did the Father send Jesus? Thank you for asking. He sent him in the power of the Spirit, early part of Luke chapter 4. And then he says, he quotes from Isaiah 61. He says, now this is being fulfilled in your hearing. This is actually what I've come to do. The Father sent me to do some stuff. And then he says to the disciples, just 11 of them at the time, and then to over 500 as he's about to go up into heaven, all authority, heaven and earth, earth has been given to me. Now you go. You're going in my authority. Go and do the stuff. Go make disciples. Even disciple nations. Wow. That's a big job. Yeah. We've got a reason to be alive on the planet. Not just to be comfortable. You know, it's never been about our comfort. Oh. Too easily and quickly, we revert back to self-comfort and self-preservation. Whereas Jesus, he turns the whole thing upside down. He says, you want to gain the whole world? Lose your soul? No ways. Lose your life and then you will find it. It's the upside down kingdom. When we go low, he lifts us high. When we sacrifice and we give, then we receive. I'm so excited about living in South Africa in the next decade. Why, you ask? Well, when things get a little bit tense, difficult, disappointing, we can clearly see that the strength of man's arm cannot save. The stage is perfectly set for God to come through powerfully. I have a few pet theories. Sometimes I share them. Sometimes I refrain. But I think that God has allowed us as a nation to see that no one can save but God. But I believe in this decade, it's time to rebuild, to restore, to renew. And that mandate has been given to us. Yeah. God's entrusting us with something that is huge and highly significant. Because when he works through weak vessels, he gets the glory. Because it'll be clear to everybody, this was way bigger than what 
this person could have done. The wisdom, the insight, the revelation, the solution is way beyond their training or their skill. Their IQ doesn't match the solution. They got it from somewhere else. Oh, yes. Got it from above. Hallelujah. So we are called to be people who will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated, renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Hey, everywhere we look in society, we're seeing signs of ruin, brokenness, devastation. We're seeing it at a relational level. We're seeing it at a morality level. We're seeing it in terms of ethics, or lack thereof, we call it corruption. Where, where somebody's word is not their word. Where they say something, but you, you don't know, is this truth or is this lies? When, when somebody says, I will give you eight hours a day if you give me money, I will do work, but actually they're only productive, the equivalent of about one hour a day. Low productivity. And of course, I'm talking about other people. I'm not talking about you. Please, I just, I just want you to know that being on Facebook for three hours at the office, I'm not talking about you taking your boss's time. I'm, you know, on social media, because I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the other people. God's calling us to set an example. He's raising the standard, and he's using us to be that standard. How will people know how they should live unless they can see God's children, who are sons of light, shining that light in this world of darkness. A number of areas which we could be involved in in building in this year. As we look to 2020 and the decade, I think each of us want to grow in spiritual maturity. I certainly do. Where the kinds of things that trip us up, we will overcome. Hebrews 12 says, you know, don't be easily entangled in these things which trip you up. Lord, cause us to grow in spiritual maturity that we're able to identify the traps, the schemes of the evil one and not put our foot in it. We don't want to put our foot in the trap that's going to clamp us, chop a leg off, or hold us back, whatever it is. We don't want chains around us. Amen? Now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. So we want to grow in these things. We want to grow in our faith. And we each have been given a gift of faith and it can be as tiny as a mustard seed and can do the most impossible things because God has called us to the impossible.
Faith is not faith if it's just, you know what, I work a little harder and it'll come out. That's not faith. Faith is when you're facing something that's absolutely impossible. That's when you need faith. We are part of the faith, meaning we are to live by faith. The righteous by faith will live. In other words, it's a setup. All of the obstacles that you're facing, it's a setup so that you can live by faith. Don't always blame the devil. Some of it is your heavenly father arranging a few things so that you can grow up. Hmm. I'll try this side of the building. You understand, exactly, because you, you know, Hebrews tells us that a good father disciplines his sons because he loves his sons. And you know, sometimes you've actually, a good teacher will establish a test to see that you've mastered this level, you can go to the next level. True? And he's the teacher. So he's arranging things, tests if you like, that we can pass. He doesn't design these things that we fail. He designs these things that we might pass. And the good news is, he's going to let you retake the test over and over again until you do pass. That's wonderful. It's no fail, just retest. It's okay. Faith. Hope, oh my goodness, does this world need hope? The God of hope is living inside of us. He's the God of all hope. He's not hopeless. He's not concerned about what's happening. You know what? Impeachments or Brexits or missile launches or any of these things. It doesn't worry him. It doesn't oh. I messed up, it's not going to work out. Oh, I'm so hopeless. You know, he never has a bad Monday. Always filled with hope. And as we align ourselves with him, the Holy Spirit infuses hope within us that we can face Whatever it is. When we come together as God's people, it's not like we're getting a good pep talk because you know I'm not that good. And sometimes I, I'm not trying to inflate our egos, whatever. So it's not because of the power of human persuasion. But when we come together, something happens on the inside of us and we leave from being in the gathering of God's people far better than when we came in. True? Otherwise you wouldn't keep coming back. We, in his presence, the God of hope shows up and he releases an injection of hope into us. So we know that what we're facing is not a hopeless situation. It's really important when we come to rebuild things that we don't kind of like, oh, 
It'll never be the same. You know, remember the good old days. Forget those bad old days. Because the good new days are coming. The best is yet to come. All of God's solutions haven't yet been revealed onto the planet. These are exciting days of innovation and solution. God is giving to his people insight into how to solve complex problems. Hope, love. So many people crying out for love. Just need a, a bit of love, care, kindness, compassion shown to them just in everyday interactions. I go out of my way to be friendly to somebody who's putting fuel in the tank, who's charging way too much at the cashiers. It's amazing. I get a facelift every time. It's amazing when you look at the price of things. Go out of my way. To recognize the dignity of everyone. And to thank them. Hey, thank you for being here today. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to do this. Especially when people are working on a public holiday. Wow, thank you, man. You, you sacrificed being with your family or friends to be here. Thank you, I really appreciate it. Just endorsing other people, just in small little things. You say, ah, oh, what can that do? It's amazing how when you smile at somebody, you change the atmosphere. Smiles are infectious. They're contagious. It brightens up somebody's day. Come on, smile at your, your spouse. Even if you had a fight, it's okay. Smile anyway. Where we want to build, we want to build in terms of our spiritual maturity. We want to build in our families. Lord, give to us godly lines. If you don't come from a godly line, start one. Our relationships with our work colleagues, our neighbors, how else are they going to know about Jesus? Listen, they're scared of coming to a place like this because they heard that we're a peculiar people. So they're a bit nervous about coming into church. But <laughs> we are the church. And the church lives next door to them. Show them some of Jesus. Your boss, he's not Lucifer. I know sometimes... He might take on some of those characteristics, but he's not the devil. <laughs> Honor, respect, even when he doesn't deserve. Love covers a multitude of sins. And he just keeps sowing, sowing into their lives. 
How about we want to build in the area of our finances? We want to be good stewards. We want to grow in generosity. Loved what Steve was sharing this morning. That we are not people who are drowning in debt, but we're actually established that we might be blessed in order to be a blessing. Not be blessed just to have. Be blessed in order to be a blessing. That's the covenantal promise. Not so you can have more. No, so you can reflect your Father in heaven who is the ultimate generous one. Mm -hmm. We want to grow in our health. Some of us are growing in ways we don't want to grow in our health. But we want to be good stewards of the life he's given to us so that we can fulfill his plans and purposes on the earth with energy, vitality. Come on. Holy Spirit inside of us, empowering us, enabling us, quickening us, releasing healing and wholeness. Change, you know, the climate change I believe in is that we should change the climates around us from one of negativity to one of joy. We're living in Joyburg after all. We might as well shift and change the climate over the city. Okay, four of us, that's enough. We can, we can do it. <laughs> We need to continue to build bridges of reconciliation. God knew, according to the book of Acts, he knows our time and our place where we should live. True? God knew that in the 1800s, my forebears would get on a ship and come down and land off the coast Near PE. No, I know my own history, it's okay. And two surviving teenage boys with nothing, having lost their own parents on the voyage, one given a wooden wheelbarrow and the other one given a spade and said, Go for it. God knew that they would migrate and move up the coast a little bit through East London up to Kai Road area, become farmers, da-da-da, all sorts of things. Many, many years later, and here I am in Joyburg. A few generations in between, obviously. But God knew that I would be here. And God knew that other people, well, let's just take Steve, for example, seeing he stood up this morning. Did you guys get color-coordinated, blue and white? Did I miss the memo? But God knew that he needed to be born into revival in Uganda. 
And through a whole series of events, migrate down to South Africa, partly for studies, and cause his sister to be in a school in a small, tiny little town called Cathcart, which, funny enough, is where I used to live when I was about so high. This is how history intertwines. And she'd been part of a church that was connected to us, and we were doing a leadership training, School of the Word. He got on a bus. I think he came from Durban for whatever reason. And you landed up in my office in East London, unannounced, in the middle of this hectic time, half asleep because you'd journeyed on a bus for a couple of days, and said, God sent me to come connect with you guys. I think it was about 1998, 99. That was like in another, what's he doing here in this city? What are we doing in this city? Why has God caused all these things? Please, God has got you here on purpose, for a purpose, regardless of your language, regardless of your color, regardless of your history. God has ordained that he needed you in Joyburg for such a time as this. Do not believe the lie, regardless of who you are, where you're from, that you are not welcome. He says we welcome. From a place of knowing that we're in the center of his will, let's build bridges to those who haven't yet found their purpose. And because they haven't found their purpose, they're throwing rocks at us because they do not wish us well because of the dysfunction in their own lives. And the very ones who need to reach out and help are the ones that are being pelted with the rocks, so to speak. So what are you going to do? Run away? Hide in your hole, get upset, withdraw. Oh, yes, that's right, Jesus. And if they strike you on the one cheek, come on, let's build bridges. Even to people who do not yet know that they need the bridge built to them. Let's be kingdom minded and take the first step. Let's be the big ones in building bridges of reconciliation. Well, there was a prophetic message, if ever there was one. The Lord speaks. We need to be listening. Lots of rumblings in the, in the land. A lot of quicksand out there. Stand on the rock. 
an enormous attack against us in terms of fear and intimidation. Stand on the rock. Lord, what do you say? Not what the newspaper says. Not what some of the activists are saying. Lord, what do you say? Anchor yourself in a place of peace. Because if you don't, you won't move forward. The kingdom is advancing. We must advance. Don't pull back. Don't retreat. That's not kingdom. Hmm, getting quiet in here. It's that thing of, we tempted always to get into self-preservation. Well, what's the Holy Spirit saying? He says, shine your light, be salt. By the way, salt, when you put it in the food, it's not like in a little clump on the side of the plate. Salt just in a little heap on the side there does not impact and influence the meal. The salt has got to get into the meal. Couple of tips for building and then I think we'll go for coffee. Hmm. I thought this was actually going to be an easy word and it's come out way differently. When we're rebuilding, if there are ruins, there's devastation, all these kinds of things, and you read the newspapers, you understand. But when you rebuild, you have to remove the rubble. Sometimes there's rubble in our own hearts that needs to be removed. It's a great time for us to look at the attitudes that we've allowed to remain. We cannot build upon those things. We need to take every thought captive, pull down the enemy strongholds, doubt, fear, unbelief. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. So, well, oh, I mean, everything's such a mess. Uh huh. Just going to have a look at some of the nations that lost everything in the world wars and how quickly they were able to rebuild and become the power houses on the planet. Come on, this is not hopeless. The place has not been bombed to bits. Don't let the enemy steal your future. How about Nehemiah? I'd like to revisit Nehemiah. Some of you are shaking a bit already. Some years ago, I spent a whole year preaching on the book of Nehemiah. You thought Colossians was good. <laughs> Nehemiah, the supernatural thing that the people took responsibility, they built the whole wall in 52 days. One of the amazing things that they did was they took the burnt stones 
that could be salvaged. And they reused Bernstein's. Some of you, in your own life, you feel like I'm a burnt stone. I'm useless. I'm being destroyed. God couldn't use me. He couldn't want me. He's still in the process of restoring burnt stones. God has not given up on you. Do not give up on yourself. I want to remind you that your words are powerful. Life and tongue, life and death in the power of the tongue. You can speak curses or you can speak blessing. When there's load shedding, I didn't say if there's load shedding. I, my level of faith still needs to grow, I confess. But are we going to curse Eskim and curse the, the people who are working so hard? Or are we going to say, wow, what a wonderful opportunity for us to turn the TV off and have a conversation. Have some family connect time. Oh, look at all of this frustration and anger in the traffic you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to smile at everybody. Because they can't get away because the traffic lights are down. They just kind of like. I'm going into a difficult situation and I'm going to change the atmosphere. I'm going to use positive words. I'm going to bless those guys. I'm going to thank the Lord for people who he's placed in very significant positions within Eskom, who are strong believers, who God has raised up in answer to our prayers and many people's prayers, that he would put people in strategic positions. He's done that. And they're bringing a difference. Pray for them. Bless them. Don't release curses. We want to build up. Our words... Build worlds. What do you want the world around you to look like? What do you want Joyberg to look like? Then build that with your words. Don't tear it down. Don't destroy with your negative words. Build up. Whether it's your family, whether it's your health, your finances, relationships, your career, whatever it is, let's become builders because he's called us to be builders. Amen? Flate, flate, my studious eight. Would you stand? Maybe you just want to take a few moments just Close your eyes if that helps, just in terms of not being distracted. Just think about some of the areas that you would like to focus on 
building over the next 10 years. We worship you, Lord, for there is none like you, full of power, might, strength, magnificence, full of mercy, full of love, a redeemer, you're a builder. Thank you that we can build our lives on you. Thank you that you build us up. You don't tear us down. Help us as a prophetic people to be those who would build up. Thank you for your call upon our lives to live in this place at this time. Agents for the kingdom for building up and establishing, renewing, restoring, rebuilding. Give us courage as we step across the threshold into this next decade. Courage to live for you, for your honor, for your glory. To be salt and to be light and to reflect who you are in this world. Thank you for the great strengthening and encouraging that we have knowing because we've read the end of the book, we know the outcome and it's good. That you lead us in victory and in triumph. So we give you praise. We ask, Lord, that as we go from this place, you watch over each one of us, our families, those who are traveling. You watch over our health. You watch over our possessions. But you watch over us, that he who began a good work will bring it through to completion, that the best is yet to come. We will grow in intimacy with you in the years ahead. So we praise your name. And as we close together, let's say this together. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. Amen. Amen.